At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. and running up on a Wednesday night here on the nightcap alongside Super Bowl champion Sean King. I am Tim Murray. It is day three of the baseball betting pentathlon here at VEASAN. We're going to get into our play here in just a moment, but you know, I never do this. Hey, Sean, how are you doing today? I'm good, Tim. How are you, man? Uh, I'm doing all right. Hump day. Hump day. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, doing all right. Doing all right. Um, We'd be doing better if Josh Harrison knew how to field his position, but uh, such is life uh, when it comes to uh, betting on baseball. So uh, we'll, we'll get into it. This has been a fun thing. We've been doing all throughout the network and all throughout the week here. Uh, one more day of the pentathlon tomorrow with a prop, but tonight it was run line, and you could go alt run line. You could take an underdog, uh, or you could just go normal run line. So we rolled as a team with the White Sox at the Guardians. Now, it's 2-1 to one right now, heading to the bottom of the ninth. Not great. White Sox leading. We'll get to how it got to 2-1 to one in a moment. But this was a, uh, a back and forth, and nobody, nobody in our group text, Sean, was definitive whatsoever. It was very wishy-washy. It was, oh, yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah, I like that a little bit, too. Uh, you like the Royals. Then I responded, I like the Royals. I like the White Sox, too. And and then we just went away from it. We also liked, uh, it was brought up in the group text, the Orioles. Uh, the Orioles have not won yet. I think it's 4-1. But they are leading 4-1 to one in the top of the seventh. And it was also brought up either in the group text or last night with your guy McClanahan on the hill for the Rays. The Rays, they won 4-1. to one. So the Rays have won. Four to one. The Royals won earlier today, five to two. The Orioles are leading four to one, and we went with the White Sox minus one and a half at plus one fifty, and they lead two to one in the bottom of the ninth inning. It happens. I think what it shows <laughs> is, um, and I'm gonna talk to to Bill and Brian and everybody. I think we should do another one of these, like right after the it's All-Star fun. break. I think it just shows how hard it is to get a consensus, yeah, on baseball because everybody kind of views baseball differently. Like, the angles that one person looks at aren't necessarily the angles that another person looks at. So, it's kind of just one of those deals. If we did it again, 
I think the change I would make is I would let each one of us just have a day. You know, because, like, it's hard. Like, because I'm making my own baseball bets in the morning. So, like, I told you what I was betting today. And, you know, I had Pirates first five under three and a half. That cashed. I had a Blue Jays run line. That cashed. So, like, that's the the interesting, you know, thing about betting baseball is everybody looks at it kind of, you know, differently. Um, We, I guess, eventually settled on the White Sox and (laughs) – you know, I'm always trepidatious about betting the White Sox personally on my own just because I haven't had, like, a lot of luck with the White Sox, especially when Dylan Cease isn't on the mound. But, I mean, it is what it is. Um, you hate to pull for overtime, but uh, extra innings. But we I need, guess we that's, need, that's what we got to root for right now. We need extra innings right now. So And it's so frustrating because, like, I went 2-0 and in the day in baseball, yet looks like we're going to lose, like, uh, as a show. Well, and of course. Like our pentathlete. How do you say it? Pentathlon. Pentathlon bet. And of course, we have. I have the Reds, by the way, too. We, so I do have a current sweat. There you go. Top, top eight Reds. Yeah, Reds are six, six to five. five. Um, we, of course, the way it works is the other ones that we brought up all cashed. Rays, Orioles. Well, or, Orioles haven't cashed yet, and Royals. But the uh, Orioles was a big play because it was reverse. It was an alt run lot because mm-hmm. they were actually an underdog. So. I mean, they still got to get that one home. But, uh, again, I think what you see is how hard it is to get a consensus on baseball. But you don't bet together. Yeah. <laughs> you take because it, once I you heard, take input and then you hey, push other Once way. I heard that the Blue Jays manager had gotten fired, I saw this happen with the Angels. Yeah, you did I mention that. I saw this that. happen with the Phillies. That for whatever reason, like these teams that have been struggling, like that initial response – to firing the manager, whether the manager was obviously it wasn't Joe Madden's fault in in, in with the Angels because you know now they've plateaued and yeah. you know it looks like they're going to be a seller, you know, at the trade deadline. So I just thought that was a good angle. You know, it actually pushed the Blue Jays, who were underdogs last night, into the role of favorite. You know, but it, it's just one of those things. Like uh, Dave Tooley, you know, who does you know a great job. You know, I think he's on vacation now, but of Tooley's takes on Veasan. Uh, dot com, he has like an anti-swagger play. Mm-hmm. You know, when a team goes on a long winning streak and they lose, he auto-fades them the game after that. You know, so like people have different ways that they approach it. Um, you know, some days I look at the card and there, aren't, there isn't a favorite that I really love on the run line. You know, the hard part about, you know, run line and some of these favorites is when they're the home team. You know, well, surprisingly, when I looked at the list, the thing that shocked me the most, and it obviously ended up being a great call by everybody on the network that participates in this. No one had the Dodgers run line with Gonsolin on the mound. Yep. And he's been unbelievable. And they got, well, they're getting yeah, smashed. He right fell now. apart today, too. Six nothing, bottom of the sixth. We brought it up, but we uh, we passed on that one. So fortunately, yes, I said the Cardinals have been hot. Yeah, and they they absolutely have been. Dodgers uh, had a couple chances, uh, runners in scoring position. They couldn't get anybody across. So what happens? So I think the lesson in this is, you know, if you have an angle that you like in a particular sport, like it's no nothing wrong with getting the information, but ultimately, like stick with your angle. You know, you just feel better if you believe hard. If you believe in something and you bet it. And it loses, you're okay with it, you know. But when you believe in something and then you 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 don't bet it and you bet something else because you, you know, kind of got together with your buddies and, and they talked you out of it and that loses, 
Like then you just it's a different feeling. Oh yeah. It's a different emotion. It is, and we're one strike away from the White Sox winning two to one and us losing our bet, uh, which is uh obviously incredibly frustrating. I want to get to how this got to two to one. So the White Sox took a two nothing lead in the sixth. Mm-hmm. In the seventh, Lucas Giolito puts a couple runners on. They bring in Reynaldo Lopez with one out in out of the bullpen. He gets a ground ball up the middle. Second baseman grabs it. His momentum's taking him away. Able to come back in time. Taps the bag. Throws the first. Double play. End of the inning. Not so fast. He didn't touch the base. They go to replay. Yeah. And the ball, the replay was correct. Uh, The ball was late and the runner was safe. So men on the corners. Game is over, by the way. White Sox is one. We lose our bet, of course. Uh, That's just the way it goes. Two outs. Shift is on, Sean. Mm-hmm. Ground ball right side of the infield. Josh Harrison takes two steps to his left. Easy play. In and out of the glove. He tries to frantically grab it. Throws it nowhere near first base. Run scores. That's your only run. Two to one the final. White Sox win. We lose our bet, of course. And, as, he, and uh, the thing that stinks in baseball is he's high-fiving everybody after, as they won. Because the they won. Because they won. Hey, hey, we yeah. won. Woo, yay. But it, I mean, baseball is so, a tough, tough sport. So tomorrow in the baseball pentathlon, uh, we are swing for the we're fences. going for an absolute home run bomb uh, on a prop. So uh, Adam Burke also lost, by the way, because he had the Guardians on the alt run line uh, minus one and a half. So uh, if you've been uh, tuning in, it's been a little fun exercise we've been having across the network. Tomorrow, the final day of competition, winner will be named on Friday morning on Follow the Money, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. So uh, shout-out to Scott Seidenberg. Big win for him today. Yeah, he man. went all-run line the on the New York Mets this morning. They were an underdog, a pretty decent-sized underdog, on the road at Atlanta, and the Mets won 7-3. to So that was a plus 205 cash for him. Uh, Follow the Money went with a alt-run line, or excuse me, a first-five Run line plus a half run yeah, of the lost. A's. They were down five nothing uh, after five. So uh, overall that was on the network, it doesn't look like it's going to be a good, good, good day. Yeah, it's a tough day. Prime time and they've West got the have Cubs. Cubs. I mean, they need a miracle. The uh, leaders in the clubhouse right now, odds on. They have the Padres. The worst thing can happen in Angels Astros for the network is it be a one a one run result because Betting America has Astros run line. Reverse run line and then the edge and well, numbers so that would be, have angels minus one and a half. So that, that would ends be, in a one one run result, then be a lot of L's on this page. Well, that would be lovely. Uh we're pulling for losses. Uh I'm still shocked nobody had Gonsolin in the Dodgers. Yeah, uh our producer Aaron said not enough juice. We brought it up, but yeah. I'm glad we quickly batted that one away. But I didn't like the White Sox <sighs> last night. I talked about it last night on the show. Like I just but that's more like just a personal thing than anything else. Like for whatever reason, if Dylan Cease is on the mound, like they never really. And I know you can, you know, micro live up to it for me. You can look at all your bets and you know everyone out there. But we're now one and three, and two of our losses are yeah, rough. That's man. how baseball is, though. It was we had the first five under on Monday under three night, and a half, yeah. under three and a half. Phillies and Cardinals, and the Phillies. Ace, Aaron Nola gives up three in the bottom of the five, fifth. We lose. And then tonight, you know, small margin, obviously, but Josh Harrison boots a a 
Easy ground ball, and that's the only run. Difference in the game, 2-1 to one the final. White Sox get the win. So a tough one for us. Uh, we will have to uh, shoot for the stars tomorrow, uh, but we'll keep everyone updated of the uh, the baseball pentathlon. A loser in the books for us, Adam Burke, also falls because he had the Guardians on the alt run line. Uh, Greg Peterson, though. He did the smart thing. He did the raise. We he, talked he about it. A guy in the Cy Young Scott McClanahan. Race, you know. Why did we not more? I just, well, because the Rays were the home team. Yeah. Wander Franco's on the IL. You know, it's just you kind of talked yourself out of that one. A I, little would, bit. I didn't bet it personally. I know. Either. Yeah, we brought it up, but we did talk to have it. So, a rough one for us. Such is life betting on baseball, but the White Sox do win two to one. That's Sean. I'm Tim. We'll talk some Donovan Mitchell on the trade block next. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back in this segment of the Nightcap being brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there have been times in life where I needed to make a change, and I knew I needed to make a change, but I wasn't ready yet. I'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate. Zin understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take the first step toward change, Zin will be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor, at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and want to learn more today, check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. We've got the British Open starting tomorrow. Uh, I believe you fired a little bit. I put my two plays in. Yes, I've got can't a couple to talk to Wes about that. Yep. And uh, as we always uh, let people know, uh, we'll wait until this show's over, obviously, but... Uh, Check out Long Shots. Mm-hmm. Listen to it last night. Walking the dog. Got some good insight in there. Um, made a couple bets myself. Okay. Got to bet a little bit on the majors. As I always say, when it comes to golf, I listen to smart people. So uh, Wes, Brady, 
Matt Humans, uh, all here on the network. Check out the write-ups, vsin.com, Point Spread Weekly. So Wes will join us uh, 9 o'clock Pacific, midnight Eastern. Will Palashik, our guy down in Charlotte, he will join us at the top of the hour. Today, it is the Charlotte, the Carolina Panthers Ooh. as we continue our summer conditioning. And uh, oh, 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 gone. Yep, Yankees just tied it up at 6-6. Worst bullpen in baseball, of course. <laughs> Sean does have the Reds, which, uh, man, I'm sure if the Reds win this game, it's 6-6, to very well. Uh, I'm sure New York will will react very calmly uh, to -to back-to-back losses to the Cincinnati Reds. I hope they put in that position, to be honest. (laughs) Uh, So we will do uh, Panthers coming up, uh, top of the hour. And then uh, Warren Sharp. Uh, We love Warren. He's great. Uh, He has his new uh, guide out. I think it's like 540 pages Sean, mm-hmm. uh, I know you are going to be scouring through that, I believe. Uh, and, and he could tell us this for himself, but I believe he has betting advice on every single team in the NFL. Yeah. And Warren will join us uh, in uh, in less than 15 minutes. So. Then we got to get our guy Kenny White. We got to get his schedule back up. I had Absolutely. lunch with Kenny today. Good conversation. Yeah, so people are excited. You know, college football is what, six? College football. Six, six Saturdays, I think. Yeah. Uh, six weeks from this Saturday will be week zero. So we'll have a, a couple games. UNLV will be playing. Ooh. Uh, Hawaii Vanderbilt uh, will be the late night game. There's a game over in Ireland. I think it's Nebraska Northwestern, I believe. That'll be interesting because UNLV was like a covering machine to end the year. Mm-hmm. They have the majority of that roster back. Lost their D coordinator. He went to the Broncos. but So it'll be interesting. You know, do you... You know, try and steal some value with them early. Well, they're playing an FCS. I think they play Idaho State Week One, so I don't know. Last year, my one of my favorite bets of the year was when they played uh, your guy. Was it Ola? No, who was it? It was um, Eastern Washington, and they opened yeah. as a seven-point favorite. They were they winning won. at halftime. Eastern Washington won the game. I know, but yeah, UNLV, UNLV was, was winning. Was yeah, winning. Yeah, they were yeah. really a first-half cover team. Yeah, and then they fell apart in the second half in a lot of those games. Maybe but, I'll take the little guy to. UNLV Idaho State August twenty seventh. Yeah, I won't be betting UNLV. Idaho I'm not saying State. betting it. I just yeah, I'm going to make so much money when USF beats BYU. It doesn't like. Yeah, that's not happening. That'll cover me. Nope, won't happen. All right. Um, Donovan Mitchell might be on the move, and I saw this uh, mentioned by Bobby Marks, ESPN's front office insider, former member of the Nets front office. So the Utah Jazz have Danny Ainge running the show. Danny Ainge did this, I don't know, seven years ago, where he just, I wouldn't say burned it down to the ground, but he realized what the Celtics were and was able to get a monster deal for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, and it helped kind of jumpstart the rebuild, and they brought in Brad Stevens. They gave him a big contract. They knew that it was kind of going to be a slow process. They just hired Will Hardy, a 34-year-old head coach, an assistant for the Celtics. Gave him a five-year deal, Sean. They trade Rudy Gobert. They trade Royce O'Neal. So they have already brought in five first-round picks. And now... Isn't Eagles with the Bucks now or something? Oh, Ingles is with the... Yeah. yeah, he was... Didn't he end last year with Portland? Yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, Joe Ingles is now... Yeah, he was a free agent. He left in free agency. We look at Donovan Mitchell... And I thought this was a really interesting hypothetical trade because what have we been saying about 
the Brooklyn Nets. Well, they they need they need stars, right? They need big time players. They're not just going to give Kevin Durant away for free. So I want to just read you this proposed trade and get your thoughts on it. Okay. Brooklyn gets Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz, Mikael Bridges from the Suns, and Miles Turner from the Pacers. Wow. The Suns get Kevin Durant. The Pacers get DeAndre Ayton. The Jazz get Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas, five first-round picks, and three pick swaps. Who says no to this trade? I actually think it's a pretty well-crafted trade, in my opinion. It just depends on do the pace, how the Pacers think of Aiton. Right. That's the only piece. Because the Pacers... Because, I mean, if you're the, if you're the uh, Nets and you're going to get uh, Mikael Bridges, Donovan Mitchell, and Miles Turner, I mean, you make that deal in a heartbeat. I think you do. And you still, at that point, can move Kyrie. Oh, yeah. Then Kyrie is definitely gone. Yeah. And then you get maybe a pick. You'll get a pick from... You'll get one pick back from the Lakers. Which the picks don't matter because Durant's 34. But no, I'm saying for so Brooklyn. You're, right, I'm Brooklyn saying. Brooklyn gets a pick back. I'm saying, but the picks don't matter for Brooklyn because Durant's 34. So whoever they would draft probably wouldn't be in a position to help them win a championship. This would be a championship or bust move. So Anything the, that would get Ben Simmons off of my books and I get Donovan Mitchell, Mikael Bridges, and Miles, Turner, Miles Turner. Yeah, I'd do that in a heartbeat if I was Brooklyn. And Brooklyn, look, the moves that they've made so far this offseason, it, it I don't think they're ready to burn it down to the ground. I mean, if they have to trade Kevin Durant. Here's a misconception, Tim. Brooklyn's not really trading Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's camp asked right. they don't have to, to explore a trade. Now, Brooklyn was like, okay. But what they've asked for is what I would ask for if I ran the Brooklyn Nets with the understanding that at the end of the day, we still got Durant under contract for, what, four more years? Mm-hmm. So, I mean – at the end of the day, he'll be a Brooklyn net if we don't get what we want. Like that's why I never understood some of the trades that people were discussing because it didn't make any sense. Now this trade makes a lot of sense. It revolves around around one thing. What is Danny Ainge trying to do with the Utah Jazz? Is this a full rebuild where we want picks? We're gonna build around Ben Simmons. Utah's probably the incubator that Simmons would need, you know, based on where he said he's at mentally. It gets him out of a a media strong city like Brooklyn, which is a little less than Philly, but still you're going to get real questions in Brooklyn, much more accommodating media in Utah, you know, so that works, you know, again, it probably revolves around how do the Indiana Pacers view DeAndre Ayton. And, and, and the wrinkle on this though, for Indiana, right? They're giving up in this hypothetical trade. They're giving up miles Turner. Who's been on the trade block for like two years. And he's been injured a lot. And they get DeAndre Ayton. They would only give up in this hypothetical trade one pick, which isn't even their own. It's from Cleveland. So they're kind of just there to be the middleman, so to speak, just to help move pieces around. Now, and you get you get an upgrade with DeAndre Ayton now, now over the, Miles the Turner. Interesting thing, and the only thing that probably, if I'm running Brooklyn. You don't get any picks. Well, Donovan Mitchell just signed for five for one sixty three. Miles Turner just signed a big deal. What two years ago? Uh, is Mikael Bridges under contract or is he coming up? He's coming up, I think. In- so just from a luxury tax standpoint, you know, where does that put him? 
Mikael Bridges, uh, four-year, $90 million So four extension. for 90 on Bridges, five for 163 on Donovan. He's under contract for the next four years. Uh, let me look up Miles Turner right quick. I think Turner only has one year left. But I, I think this is really interesting. And when you incorporate Utah, who so has my- that super, who has a, I don't know if I call him a superstar, but a, a damn good player, and then you add in Mikael Bridges, because what have we heard the sounds of it are the Nets are kind of lukewarm on DeAndre Ayton. Well, in this situation, they get Mikael Bridges, they get Donovan Mitchell, and then they get Miles Turner. I think this is where things could get really interesting. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense because, as you said, Turner's in the last year of a four for 80. So he's kind of an expiring. He yeah. could be helpful as long as he's Yeah, a stretch big that can shoot, absolutely. And then the Utah Jazz continue their full-on rebuild with five first-round picks. Four from Phoenix and one from the Pacers. Bobby Marks put together a pretty interesting deal here, and I think things, especially with Donovan Mitchell now available, have just become a little more interesting in the Durant sweepstakes. Warren Sharp, he'll join us next right here on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon. Now to join the action, Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Alongside... Former Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback Sean King. I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on VSIN, and we're getting closer and closer, less than two months away from the start of the NFL season. Folks are diving into any information they can get, and there is really not much better one stop shop than Warren Sharp's football preview, which is out now. Head to Sharp Football on Twitter, it is pinned right there. Said early bird discount ends, uh, I believe, shortly here. So we want to get in on that. Warren joins us now. Warren, we appreciate it. Congrats on the hard work. We always love having you on after you put this bad boy uh, together. Um, you know, so many different ways to go. I I don't know why this team just popped in my head, but they're certainly one of the more hot topics. When you broke down all the information and you looked at Green Bay. What kind of drop-off are you anticipating in production on the offensive side, or could we be surprised by what that offense puts out there this year? I don't think we should be surprised, um, but I do think that this team is going to see a step backwards due to the personnel and the looks that the loss of Devontae Adams allowed the defense to get into. When Devontae was out there, the defense has had to play a certain way against them. And obviously this team is trying to replace him by pretty much building up the defensive side of the football. In my opinion, with the way that they attack the draft, I do not view Sammy Watkins as a legitimate replacement in any way, shape or form uh, to be able to give them upside in the receiving game. And you're going to have to hope that Watson comes in and plays like a champion as a rookie. I just don't see that from Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. So I think that this team does take a slight step back, and therefore 
there are some better teams in the NFC North that I think have some opportunities from like a long shot perspective uh, in the futures market. Um, this team plays a relatively easier schedule in terms of being able to get through these opponents, but the rest is difficult to deal with. And um, I'm not really in the market though, to bet against this team. Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers have won 13 games for three straight years. I'm not going to run out there and simply bet they're under, but I do think that they will take a step back from what we're accustomed to seeing. You know, Warren, they went really heavy early in the draft on defense. As you mentioned, it seems like they're building this team until they get more experience at wide receiver to rely on the defense. How good can this defense be? Well, considering the fact that they play such a reasonable schedule of opposing quarterbacks, if you walk through who they're dealing with, especially uh, in the first seven weeks of the season, they're going to be playing some quarterbacks that they can probably have a lot of success against. This, you know, as we know in the NFL, um, defense matters to some extent, but this is an offense-driven league. And your defense is going to look a lot better when you're playing some weaker offenses. And this team plays the seventh easiest schedule, uh, sorry, eighth easiest schedule of opposing offenses this upcoming season, including the 10th easiest schedule of opposing pass offenses. It's an easier schedule than they played last season. So I think they're beefing up the defensive side of the football and they're playing easier opponents. That's going to make this defense look better. The key question mark becomes though, does the offense put the defense in worse situations by not being able to sustain as many drives, by having a few more three and outs than they're accustomed to, by maybe not converting down inside the red zone? And if you can't convert in the red zone and score touchdowns as frequently, what that does is it keeps the games closer, and that allows the opposing offenses to be less predictable in the second half against the Packers' defense. The Packers are used to, they're 13-3 and three for three straight years. This defense is accustomed to taking opposing offenses in the second half, and those teams have to pass almost all the time to get back into games against this defense. And so that has been um, a little bit more predictable. If this offense doesn't score as many points, this defense could struggle from that respect. But overall, I think that this defense is going to be better, Sean. I think they, I don't think that they're going to carry this team. I think what's going to have to happen, though, is we're going to have to get a more balanced effort. We're going to have to rely a little bit more on the defense. But at the end of the day, if this offense isn't great, this team is not going to make the run into the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl like they're hoping for. Talking to Warren Sharp at Sharp Football, head to his Twitter account where you find his uh, preview mag that is uh, ready to go, 564 pages, in-depth preview on every single team in the league, a betting angle on every team as well. Uh, Warren, I want to jump to the Chiefs. Uh, as your website pointed out, and as you do so well with the strength of schedule, they have the toughest schedule, and it's it's not even particularly that close. I mean, their schedule is rather daunting. The NFC or the AFC West, excuse me, uh, has gotten better everywhere, and they lose Tyreek Hill. But for the first time in a while, you're looking at a win total of 10.5, which is pretty low for Kansas City. How do you look at this Kansas City team heading into 2022 with a rather tough division, a daunting schedule ahead of them, and Tyreek Hill gone? Yeah, well, I love it. I mean, I I like betting against uh, teams that everybody's riding on typically, and I like betting on teams that people have kind of jumped off that wagon. And I've seen so many people just, not interested in backing the Kansas City Chiefs this year. There's so much media attention going on. As soon as they lost in the playoffs and then obviously Joe Burrow made the run, we're hearing all these people, all these talking heads come out and say, well, you know, he's not even a top five quarterback. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the AFC. Like every 
everybody has such recency bias. You know, Patrick Mahomes chokes in the playoffs. He hasn't been able to get it done. It's absolutely absurd. And we think of this team, we think about how much their offense fell off last year and how they weren't getting it done and how the two high shells were really causing problems for them. This team was number one in points scored per drive, number one in percentage of drives that scored touchdowns, number one in touchdowns per drive, number one in yards per drive, number one in plays per drive. Like this team was incredible offensively last year, and we're just basically overlooking them because other teams in the AFC have gotten better. I like the fact that people aren't talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. What concerns me about the Chiefs? It concerns me that their defense is going to have to rely on some younger players, but I think that this offense still will have success even without Tyreek Hill. Do I love it? No. But these types of things are going to happen when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and he's done with his rookie deal and he's done with the cheap year that they got after his he signed his extension and they built in a very cheap cap hit. We knew that this cap hit for Mahomes was going to skyrocket. They are now they have the number two most expensive quarterback room in the NFL after having a bottom 10 quarterback room in terms of cap hit for several years. Mahomes. And so you're not going to be able to re-sign everybody. I still think that Andy Reid, I, I trust him. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL. I think that they will find a way to still have a lot of success. They just can't have a defense that ranks bottom 10 in the league. As long as this defense ranks above bottom 10 in the NFL, this team is going to be a threat and is going to be able to make some noise in the postseason, in my opinion. And Warren, that's probably why I'm not as high on the Chiefs is because they can't do the one thing I think you have to be able to do on defense, and that's rush the quarterback. Outside of Chris Jones, I mean, they don't really have another threat. Is there someone on that roster do you think maybe could become a, another pass rush threat, you know, in that front? Well, they're going to need George Karloftis to step up and do something. They spent two first-round draft picks on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, we know that they lost Tyron Matthew. They lost Ward. I mean, they lost a lot of key players that have helped this team. Anthony Hitchens is a guy, a linebacker, who doesn't get a lot of recognition, but he was an impactful player for them as well. They lost Melvin Ingram, of course. So this team lost players. They're going to need a guy like George Karloftis to step in situationally and help this team and make an impact. And it's going to be incumbent upon Steve Spagnuolo to figure out how to plug and play these guys and get them up to speed as quickly as possible in camp. I mean, you're going to need Frank Clark. You're going to need that pressure up the middle that Chris Jones is going to be able to provide. It really is going to be a unified team effort that they're going to have to bring to the table this season in order to make some noise. And the problem is they do play the third most difficult schedule of opposing offenses and the third most difficult schedule of opposing quarter in the AFC, having to tangle with that AFC West six games against quarterbacks like Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson and Derek Carr, not to mention some of the other guys that they're going to be going up against. I already mentioned Joe Burrow, but Tom Brady and Josh Allen is on that schedule as well as Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford. So I mean, this is not going to be an easy team, uh, a schedule for that defense. And you're absolutely right. You have to play complimentary football more than ever before on the defensive side of the ball with the pass rate that teams have. And so you've got to get after the quarterback, but you also got to figure out uh, coverage behind them. And they got rookies and young players on multiple levels of their defense that are just simply going to have to step up this year because they were a bottom 10 defense last year. They were 24th in defensive efficiency last year. And on early downs, they ranked 27th by my metrics. So we want them to make noise. They're going to have to step up there. Follow Warren on Twitter, at Sharp Football. Head to his Twitter handle right there at the top. 
pinned to the profile 564 pages of football greatness. Warren, always a pleasure. We appreciate it. Hey, thank you, gentlemen. There he is. Warren Sharp. We'll unpack a little bit what Warren had to say about the Chiefs and the Packers next. This is the Nightcap on VSIN. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare and the sports betting network Vison will be broadcasting live from NBA Summer League through this weekend, July 17th is when it all wraps up. Make sure to catch The Edge the remainder of this week with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, live from NBA Summer League every weekday. Myself, Sean King, we will be there on Friday night. And then myself and Amal Shaw will be back on Saturday afternoon. Special guests, exclusive content, live updates all throughout our VSIN shows. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at VSIN Live. Thanks to uh, Warren Sharp. Uh, make sure once again to check out his preview content, 564 pages. Uh, you know, we could have talked to him for hours, no doubt about it. So we appreciate it. Uh, only got into a couple teams with him. Um, by the way, uh, the Dodgers, who are what, down 6 nothing, have battled back. It is now 6 5 in the top of the eighth, Sean. And you have your Cincinnati Reds to beat the Yankees tonight. It is six to 6-6 in the bottom of the ninth. Two outs in the bottom of the ninth. And the Reds are trying to force extra innings uh, at good. Yankee Stadium. I don't feel good. No? No. Not with this bullpen. With DJ LeMahieu up. Yeah, and Hunter just, Strickland. Hunter Gascan Strickland there. Like with this bullpen of the Reds, it's never over till it's over, so... Well, a couple good things. So, unfortunately, uh, the trio of the nightcap, myself, Sean, and producer Aaron Oster, uh, we did not come through tonight. The White Sox won, did not win on the run line. We had them uh, plus 150. Tonight was the run line bet as uh, this one. Could he? Nope. We're going to get extra innings in uh, at Yankee Stadium. Reds and Yankees. That's all you can ask. Yeah. Hunter Strickland, one, two, three. Getting forced in extra innings there. Uh, and uh, Clay Holmes, he struggled, but he was able to get out of it uh, without a r- allowing a run. Uh, so going back to it, so we under- unfortunately falter. We went through it all. Uh, Josh Harrison, thank you for uh, your services there at booting a ball at second base. 
and uh, we were unable to come through. We've got a couple uh, people on the uh, on the Angels tonight on the run line with Shohei Otani on the hill. You've got the Edge, Humans, and JVT. A numbers game with Gill. Both of them have the Angels, and they're leading three to nothing. I mean, that game, Sean, it's just over. I mean, might as well just. I should just put the check mark in now, right? I wouldn't go that far. Trying to mush. I mean, it, it, just trying it, to mush. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Put the check mark. Yeah. In. Uh, primetime action and Wes Reynolds, uh, who will be on the show later, by the way. Looking forward to talking to Wes, getting his British Open picks. Uh, they have the Cubs. Orioles lead 7-1. to one. And we hadn't even mentioned the Orioles on an alt-run line. You know. They're up 7-1. Riding a hot team, man. They've, what, won 10 in a row? Uh, Rush Hour had the Blue Jays. Has that gone final yet? Yeah, I think so. They won 8-2. Yeah, they won 8-2. So that's two. a good one for Danny Burke. He gets a plus-190 winner there. And then uh, Betting Across America has the Astros uh, on the run line. So, ideally... In Houston, in L.A. tonight, we would get a one-run finish, and that would uh, make both of them lose. Padres, uh, Rockies, three-three. Yeah, and that's uh, odds on. Uh, they are the leaders right now, three and zero to start. I think Seidenberg might jump everybody if odds on doesn't win. Big win, big yeah. win for Scott. Uh, Scott, he had the uh, Mets alt run line today, plus two hundred five. Mets won uh, over the Atlanta Braves, seven to three. So. Great call by Scott, and he's sitting uh, in a good spot heading into uh, the finale tomorrow with uh, with props. Uh, I, I just want to – we haven't talked a ton about the Chiefs. We haven't done their uh, preview yet on summer conditioning. Tonight, by the way, it's the Carolina Panthers. Them being at a win total of 10.5 is, is fascinating. I mean, you look at the Chiefs. They've surpassed 10 wins, I think, in the last, like, five straight seasons, Sean. But – Obviously, the division is much better. They lost Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, looking at going back year by year, they've gone 12, 14, 12, 12. So five, uh, four straight years of over 12 wins, six out of the last seven years with at least 11 wins. And in the Andy Reid era, no losing seasons, 11 wins in... One, two, three, four, seven of the nine. Um, but they have a really daunting schedule. They have a challenging schedule ahead of them. How do you look at this Chiefs team? I think the win total reflects the fact that Russell Wilson is the quarterback in Denver. I think it's fair. If uh, Denver had a competent quarterback, they probably beat Kansas City both times last year. Yeah, especially that week uh, what, yeah. 18 game. So, you know, I think they're looking at, okay, the division's a lot tougher. You get Devontae Adams now and with the Raiders. Uh, Justin Herbert, uh, another year of experience. They added, uh, was it Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson on that defense. So, I mean, I think it's uh, it's representative of how more, much more difficult they're viewing the AFC West division. To me, that's what that, that win total looks at. And I probably would. I'm not going to bet this, but I probably would go under simply because I don't think the Chiefs are very good on defense. And I think now that you have Herbert with a much better defense, you have Russell Wilson in Denver, and Derek Carr with the best receiver in football added to that offense that I had Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, I think it's going to be an issue for, for Kansas City. The fact they cannot get pressure on the opposing team's quarterback consistently, I think that's going to be a big deal for them. Well, when you look at the uh, the schedule that they have, 
And based off of the Vegas win total, it is the most challenging schedule in the NFL. You look at some of their crossover games. So the NFC, the AFC West plays the AFC South this year. So that's not crazy daunting, but they go to Indianapolis. Uh, you know, they get the Jaguars and Titans at home, and then they go to Tech Houston. So, so before you get that deep into yeah. it, yeah. I mean, there's a scenario now where Kansas City's one and three after week four. I mean, they start at Arizona. Kyler Murray, you know, they hadn't given him an extension yet, right? Nope. So, I mean, who knows how that's going to go. But, I mean, if his head is right, I mean, he's capable of having a game, especially against a team that can't really get pressure on him. Then you got Justin Herbert and crew coming to town. Then you're at the Colts with Matt Ryan and that run game featuring Jonathan Taylor. Then you're cross-country at Tampa. I mean, then you get the Raiders, then the Bills. I mean, those first six weeks. Oh, then you go to the 49ers. I mean, those first seven weeks, I mean, it's going to be a test for for Andy Reid and his Chiefs team. Well, and think about this. You know, we always talk about a first-place schedule. What does that look like? Here's what Kansas City has that no one else in their division has. At Cincinnati... At Tampa Bay, Mm -hmm. home to Buffalo. Nobody else in the division has that. Yeah. And that is, you know, and then you look at Denver, uh, L.A., and and the Raiders, you know, they're playing where they, you know, slotted in against the AFC North, against the NFC South, which, I mean, that is a huge difference. Think about that. The Kansas City Chiefs have to play Tampa, and everybody else gets to – you know, New Orleans we like a right. lot, but Carolina, the Falcons, Atlanta, yeah. uh, and then you got Buffalo, where the rest of the AFC North is, you know, not great. New England, the Jets. Yeah, I. So it, it's an interesting. If you look force at when me, you look I might even division. take the under. I, I just, I, I think losing Tyreek Hill is big. Fading Patrick Mahomes is always a, a risky proposition, but what what I would say is, I mean, winning the division. I mean, that certainly makes me uh, a bit nervous there to think about winning that division, Sean, with knowing those three games, the differences of those three games. And you look at how Warren Sharp breaks it down and the, you know, the, the graph that he has of the most challenging schedules, and it's 31, and then it's a drop to them at, at 32. I mean, they have the most difficult schedule. He ta- you know, Warren talked about it. It was the most uh, third-best quarterback's schedule, so... It'll be challenging for the Chiefs. I'm not buying Chiefs stock. Like, I'm not going to go crazy and, and, and bet against, you know, Andy and Patrick, but I'll probably just watch yeah. and observe. I don't think there's a lot of value on them. I definitely don't like them to win that division. Um, I think they have no chance to win the conference just because I think that their defense is, is, is average at best. Well, you got to think – I'm, I'm really interested – What's their mindset coming in? Do they play like they did out of the gates last year? I mean, they started three and four last year and got smoked by Tennessee, barely beat the Giants on Monday Night Football. They beat Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers, thirteen to seven, and then they kind of started to turn it on. They they crushed the Raiders and and they started to figure it out, and they ultimately won the division. And finish 12 and 5. But yeah, really, uh, really interested to see how the Kansas City Chiefs play over under 10 and a half. They've gone over that four straight years. Six out of the last seven. 
doesn't end this year. That's Sean. I'm Tim. Back to the NFC South. We're previewing the Carolina Panthers on summer conditioning next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.